Hey, this is Carrie Ann from Lofty. I'm on assignment in London, and today my guest is Stacia Bedford, entrepreneur extraordinaire. We'll be talking about what it's like to pivot or transition out of one business and into your next one, and how important it is to find your network. Okay, so I'm so glad that you are able to do this with me. Me too. Makes me so excited. We're here in London, still in London. I'm loving it. Um, I feel like I should disclose at the beginning of this episode that you're my cousin, because that's, that's one of my favorite things. <laughs> so um, yeah, this is Stacia Bedford, and um, I would call you entrepreneur extraordinaire, since you are in between transitioning out of a business and into your next adventure, and venture, whatever mm -hmm. we want to call that. Um, and so what I'm really excited about in talking with you today is a little bit more of the larger perspective you have as somebody who's been, I feel like my whole life growing up, you've always been really entrepreneurial. So, you know, you started out as an actress and had an entire career where you were essentially an independent consultant and were playing that role of solopreneur, even though you were, you know, working in production companies, um, but always having to be creative and sort of problem solve on the go. And then, you know, fast forwarding to your most recent company that you are just kind of transitioning out of, which you've had three years of great success in. And so now you're on to the next step. Um, so, but one of the things that I wanted to talk about first is what motivates you? Um, that's a good question. Um, definitely, I think, you know, all along, like you said, I have been an entrepreneur at heart and in spirit, and I didn't, I didn't even realize that until very recently. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think the thing that motivates me is um, the idea that I get to wear many hats. I've always kind of considered myself a jack of all trades. So it excites me that every day is a little bit different. Every day I get to try something new. I like to be challenged. Um, I tend to take the hard road, um, even though everyone advises me not to. Um, but yeah, those are the things that definitely motivate me. And now I think um, that there's this big movement of female em empowerment and you know getting to meet so many other um, amazing women, um, entrepreneurial women, um, hopefully I can be a source of inspiration. Yeah. And so I think that also really drives me to, to be better because I hope someday that a, a younger woman will see what I've done and, and be inspired by it and, and, and go for it themselves. Yeah, I think that's such a, a great point. And um, the fact now also that you've had you know, three years of what it's like to start from scratch, to build something that has, you know, some really great success, and then to make a decision that, you know, this isn't the right thing for me anymore, and uh, what's next, and to look, we were talking about this a little bit yesterday, right, that it's when you decide to maybe close a business or transition out of a business, that it's not a failure necessarily in terms of good or bad or otherwise. It's just a choice you've made. Yeah, it's like another step to, to learning, mm -hmm. um, and obviously, you know, you look at lots of, I'm about to name off some entre entrepreneurial men, yeah. but, you know, Elon Musk, um, Steve Jobs, they all had, you know, sort of what people might consider failures before they finally sort of hit their stride and the thing that really, you know, became, you know, where they left their mark. Right. Um, and I do, I feel like it, they're not failures, and I had to kind of take a step back and look at you know everything from the standpoint of okay what were my successes mm -hmm. and success I think people confuse with 
monetary. And it's it's not really. There, success can mean so many different things. So yeah, I mean, um, it is, yeah, it's interesting that um, I'm probably getting a bit off track here, but yeah, it's um, it's not a failure. It, yeah, it was just like one more step in my learning to say, okay, I'm ready to close the door on this and, and start my new venture and start something new. Yeah, I'd be curious if you had to reflect on maybe the top thing you learned in the three years that you were running the business. What would be like one of the biggest things you would take away from it? Um, I guess, um, to, you know, just sort of put it in a, in a cliche, like be careful you get in bed with. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, because when you start out, honestly, you don't know what you don't know. Um, starting a business for the very first time is, it's, you know, it's overwhelming. And so it's really important to surround yourself with a team of people who, I mean, and when I say team, it's not just people who like work for you, but like people who um, champion you and who support you and who are your cheerleaders. And you have to have a tremendous amount of resilience to sort of like get up every day and want to do it again. Yeah. So yeah, I definitely think, you know, my biggest takeaway is be careful who you surround yourself with because you really need to surround yourself with positivity and I mean yes of course you need people who are going to challenge you and play devil's advocate and push back and things like that but it, in a constructive way right so that you learn from it and you grow from it and you can sort of move on granted you I mean not everyone's going to be constructive and that's okay too because you you know it learns you learn to have that fight then and be like you know what I'm going to show you okay you think this is a no but I say it's a yes and so um, yeah most of the time when people say oh that's not possible or that can't be done I'm just like you know what let's do it anyway yeah I love that and I think that that's something I've really found too in my first year and a half even you know I think about when I was starting and you were sort of in the middle of your business so that was you know over a year and a half ago but. For me, it was making those phone calls um, or Skype dates or coffee dates with who do I know that, are, especially for me, it was other women that are out there that have a business who've started to do this, yeah. um, that I can, I can call, I can bounce ideas off of, I can say, how did you do this? What did you learn from this? Um, and, and building that network of people I trusted that I could continue to go to over time. Yeah, I mean, you definitely have to go into it with no fear. Like, mm -hmm. I mean, that's where you, you mentioned my acting. That helps because on, on the days when you feel a bit like, oh, I'm feeling a little, you know, insecure, whatever, and then you kind of say, okay, well, I'm playing the role of entrepreneur today. And so what would entrepreneur do? She would go <laughs> out and ask those questions. And um, yeah. yeah, if you don't ask, you don't get. And yeah, you just, you have to go into it with no fear because otherwise you're just gonna talk yourself out of it. It's, you know, every day you're gonna talk yourself, oh, well, what if this happens? What if that, ha you can't, you just have to move forward, make those phone calls, get out there, network, meet the people who, because you never know. You just never know. And don't be afraid to talk about your ideas. I mean, so many people get like worried and closed off. Like I've got a new venture mm -hmm. and um, you know, it's like, oh, make everyone sign an NDA. No, I mean, nobody else is gonna have the passion that you have about your project. So even if they think it's a great idea and they think, oh, this, I could steal this. They're, they're never gonna do it in the way that you would do it and with the same amount of passion that you would do it. So it doesn't hurt to share. And if anything, 
people copy off of you, that's that's like proof of concept. That's like, a, you know, a show of, okay, I'm actually doing something right because other people are trying to do this too. Right, yeah, I agree. Um, the other thing I was just thinking about in terms of what you've learned along the way is around your audience. So, you know, as you know, I spend a lot of time when I'm working with clients on branding, helping people to really think about their audience. And that's a topic I consciously bring up every time I, I'm meeting with somebody in this podcast. And, um, you know, I would love to know what you've learned about finding your audience, because I mean, you started, um, so just so, you know, anyone listening knows that you started a company, uh, with a co-founder called Prim and Clover here mm -hmm. in London, uh, and really making, um, custom wedding dress designs. Yeah. And, um, you went from an idea to building something out to having incredible traffic on yes. your online site because it was all e-commerce mm -hmm. uh, essentially at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. um, and I mean, I think you had something like a pretty large number of yeah, it was like 20 to 30,000 unique visitors per month. Which, yeah, is pretty awesome, especially if that happened uh, midway through, sort of at the year, little over yeah, year mark. Yeah. So when I think about that, that's like, that's amazing from, you know, starting from, you know, I have this concept and putting it out there and now I've brought people to my product. Um, so I would be curious what you learned about finding your audience and, and if there were, takeaways you had that you're gonna apply as you go to wherever you are going you know next um, yeah I mean it was interesting when we talked to brides and and most most of the women we spoke to had, had they had already been married and so it was kind of like oh my god this is an amazing idea I wish that this had been around when I was getting married and then they would name all the pain points which we sort of already knew was kind of the, the point of why we developed um, the idea. And um, fortunately, there, there weren't a lot of companies kind of doing what we were doing. So there were, the traffic was all of those brides going onto Google because they were all unique. I mean, they were all, um, it was all organic search, really. We didn't pay for any SEO. Um, so it was all women who were just typing in Google, design my own wedding dress. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it, 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 it was, tough at the end of the day to know exactly who those women were because we could we captured them on the site but to really kind of like get to know them and um get down to like sort of granular granular details mm -hmm. we would have had to like put up a survey and sort of ask people mm -hmm. questions and then it sort of takes away from your business so that was kind of like that was definitely a difficult thing mm -hmm. um but once we started getting actual customers um for the first year, we went to their homes to do their, um, to measure them for all of their try-ons and things like that, because then we could get that sort of like in situ, um, like knowledge yeah. of and research of who this bride was, what is she like, what is her home like, what are her friends like, what are her, what are her family like, you know, all of those sort of questions were answered through that process. So yeah, I mean that that's kind of. Um, the way we went about it. And then sort of moving forward, um, the new idea, I mean, for me, production, um, it, 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 it's daunting. I mean, there's a lot of things that can go wrong. And obviously, a wedding is like a really high stakes yeah. moment in people's lives. They spend a lot of money on this one day and they want everything to be perfect. And even though um, we had no complaints and all of our brides absolutely loved their gowns, we were killing ourselves to get it done. And um, because my business partner, nor neither of us were actually bridal designers, mm -hmm. that 
part of it was a bit tricky. So at the end of the day, it was kind of like, you know what, I decided, let's, I want to leave that to the women who actually do that. And that's what they've studied and that's what they've trained. They've been doing it for years and they've come up with absolutely gorgeous designs. Right. Let them do what they do. I just want to be the person who helps facilitate the bride finding that, that dream dress, whether it's, you know, design my own wedding dress or something else that they're searching for. Mm -hmm. And then on the other side, helping that bridal designer or that bridal boutique to get that bride. Because the other lesson we learned is that it's a really, like, high cost of customer acquisition mm -hmm. for a one-time only buyer. Yeah. So it's a lot of lessons were learned and it's like, okay, now I can take all of that knowledge mm -hmm. and use it to, to really build out something that I think um, will kind of be better for, for everyone. Yeah, well, and I love the way you've just talked through this. I mean, because it, it's really reinforcing that you started with research. So you started mm -hmm. with brides. You started with asking people who are already married about the process. You had recently been married at that point in time, yeah. so you had your own firsthand intimate knowledge of what you could and couldn't find when you were looking. Yeah. Um, but that you started with primary research and then um, you know, understanding that search is such an important part of any website, and especially when you're building something that's meant to be very e-commerce focused. Yes. Um, but the fact that you were able to get that amount of traffic without paying is pretty incredible, and it speaks very highly to starting, especially in an industry that, that is that saturated, yes. with really understanding what the audience is looking for, and what the audience cares about, and what the audience needs, and what words and language the audience is using, which is like the number one thing that I, I teach in my workshops and I work one-on-one -on -one with clients on is it's so easy for us as a business owner to, to know our product or our service so intimately and we have an idea we certainly know either we have a hunch or we have clients already and we know what's working but the way that you really take it to that kind of level of like the traffic that you had so early on is by being really really clear in the audience's language first yes. and then telling your story through that lens. And so that's, you know, I think such a big takeaway from the way you approached it. And one thing I would just be curious about, because I can't remember. So when you it came to getting like the search terms correct, so you had this this research you'd done talking with people. I know you spent some time in Google where you can there's a lot of free information yeah available. Google Analytics is yeah it's an incredible tool and then when it came to actually writing the copy for your website um, which I, I think you did yourself mm -hmm. right yep. um, which you know is, it's great that you have a background in marketing but also I think for anyone who really knows their product and service and client um, your first website there's no reason why you really can't do that yourself mm -hmm. um, so well, you know your story best right so I'd be curious as you were, if you can remember when you were at that point in time when you were starting to roll it out, if there were things that you knew intuitively, you know, oh, I would say it like this, to your point of knowing your story best, mm, but I've learned this from that search data, so I need to rewrite these headlines or I need to craft the copy. Was it just really organic? It or? was really, yeah, it was really organic. I mean, I think the main thing was like our header tag was Prim and Clover, design your own beautiful wedding dress. Right. It, it said what it did on the tin. I mean, it was right. like, it, this is what it says it is. Yeah. You're designing your own wedding dress. And so because, you know, the, the Google search women were finding it that way, and then because they were actually spending time on the site, they weren't just bouncing out. They right. spent, you know, on average close to two minutes right. on the site. That's when Google started to say, oh, okay, this is a legitimate site. It's not just somebody who's like, put a bunch of, right, yeah. like put a bunch of tags in there. It's, and 
I think a lot of that has to do with, and, and this is a you know really popular term now, gamification. Mm -hmm. So how do you interact with your um, customer mm -hmm. in a way that's going to keep them engaged and and stay on your website? And we had the builder, which was really kind of the special sauce to what we did. It was like we had um, where brides could choose what neckline they wanted and what you know skirt they wanted and then they could add embellishments and so because they were playing with that and to be honest with you most of the brides that we did dresses for actually it wasn't the builder in the end that was like their idea you know they ended mm -hmm. up sort of really customizing it you know t to their exacting um, wants and desires um, but but it was the builder that got them to stay and play so so yeah I mean I, I would say yeah, to anyone you know out there who's like, how do I get people to stay on my site? Figure out a way that you can interact with your customer. Yeah. And there are, there are some amazing um, like sort of plugins that you can put on your site type form. You know, you can ask your customers questions with a type form, plug that into your site. And then it, it just gets them to stay a bit longer. You get, you know, data about your customer. And then it, it helps build that SEO, which, you know, as we both know is is so important. Yeah, I think that's a really great uh, recommendation because there's so many things nowadays that even if you have no coding understanding um, that you can do with basic WordPress and basic Squarespace. And so I always like to encourage people if their budget is really small, you know, you might spend some of that money to have an amazing logo designed or, you know, really get the brand kind of put together. Uh, but then beyond that, if you have sort of a good toolkit, you can try things and that's a great thing when you're small. Yes. Um, so the other thing that I would love to know is, I, I ask this to pretty much every guest, is thinking about your superpower. Because mm. to me, you know, and, and it really does come, I think, first from you as the entrepreneur driving the business. And then there's sort of like the add-on, which is what the business superpower is. Because, but you, when you're a solopreneur, you're charging that, that power. So I'd be curious if you, as you just sort of reflect back, you know, not only on, like we were saying, your kind of previous career where you were acting and, you know, the entrepreneurial spirit was there. And then you think about the most recent work you do with Prim and Clover and you think about the ideas you have for what's coming next. Like, you know, what is it that you think really is the superpower that you bring to being an entrepreneur? I'm going to have to go back to Jack of all trades. Like yeah. I sort of thought of it as like, if, you know, I was depicted as a superhero, like what would it. the superhero <laughs> be? And I would be, well, I'd have, I'd have to say, like, Jill of all trades. You know, I yeah. should co actually come up with a female name for her. Um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I would say jack of all trades because, I mean, as an entrepreneur, you really have to lean on everything, everything that you've known your entire life, really, because those are the things that are going to, like, get you through and give you that resilience to, 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 you know, keep moving forward. And I mean, I'm talking, like, you know, somebody asked me the other day, like, what my very first job was. It was babysitting. <laughs> I mean, you know, it, it, I'm sure there are things about, and you are an entrepreneur when you're a babysitter, right? I mean, yeah. you're going out there, you're talking to parents, you're like, yep, I'm trustworthy, take care of the kids, this is what I have to offer. Uh, you know, I've got games to play so with true. your kids and th you know, things like yeah. that. And then you make your, your, I'm $5 an hour, or I'm, you know, $10 an hour. So yeah, you're putting a price to your service and yeah, I mean, it, so, you really kind of have to look at everything in your life because honestly, there are going to be little things that you may not even consciously realize, but it, it's all there. All of the tools have been building all along and you, 
yeah, you have to use all of them and wear all the hats to, you know, because probably in the beginning, like you mentioned solopreneur, you are on your own. It is yeah. just you. And you may not have a team of people to bounce ideas off on, although I would suggest very quickly finding, you know, one or two people you can trust to, mm -hmm. to talk to about stuff. But yeah, I mean, you're doing it yourself. So y you got to roll up your sleeves and, you know, like know how to get in there and get dirty and... Um, and get it done. I agree, and I think actually, um, so I had no idea what you'd say for that answer, but I totally <laughs> agree with that for you. But I also love that that's also a piece of advice. So even if you are a person who maybe doesn't think about yourself that way, and you know, I'm sure like all of us, we know we, we can wear a lot of hats and we can do a lot of things, but I know some, especially some women I've worked with, they're like, well, I'm just really, you know, I'm really good at this, this one thing, which is awesome, and that's really important. But I think it also, especially for anyone who's listening, who's kind of just starting out, or maybe like you, in a place of sort of transitioning and thinking, okay, I've been doing one thing for a while, maybe I'm not as, frankly, fulfilled as I thought I was going to mm. be. Maybe the money isn't there that I thought was going to be there. Maybe, frankly, it's too hard. Mm. And sort of thinking about where do I go next, I think, you know, understanding that sometimes uh, it is important to really think about, like, what are all the other areas that um, those sort of different level, level levels, levers within yourself yeah. that you can turn on and maybe feel co more confident about. For example, um, I spent my career working with designers, right? right? And I was never a graphic designer myself. I would never say that I was, but I, uh, when I started my company, and yes, I had a few friends I called in some favors with, but at a certain point, I either needed to pay them, you know, or just say like, hey, I'm gonna hopefully call you back in a few years. and. Um, it was very scary for me to think about uh, doing anything around design for my business or some of my clients. I started to have some clients who would say, well, hey, you, you seem fine at that. Can you help build my website? And I thought, no. <laughs> but you know, for some of the people that were like me just starting, I realized I actually could do that. I actually could do it for myself. Now, it's not a service that I offer and it's not something that, um, you know, moving forward, I would say that I wouldn't identify as a graphic designer, but that's one example of for me, like in my kind of tool set where I realized, well, I did spend a lot of years working with them side by side. I do have a really good eye. I was advising clients on whether or not the design met the strategy. And so, yeah, I can do that. And is it to the level that I would like it to be at all times? No, because I appreciate that there's someone who has that deep expertise, but yeah. you know, that is a part of, I think, uh, essential skill set. Yeah, it's you you learn by osmosis. I mean, you don't yeah. even realize it, but you you really are. And so sometimes you just have to look really deep inward and if there's a need, you just have yeah, you just kind of have to tell yourself, you can do this. Yeah. I mean, what's the worst that can happen? Yeah. It'll all work out even if it doesn't. That's right. like one of my favorite um <laughs> phrases, but yeah, it's it's true. I mean, you just you, you never know um until you you give it a try. And you might be really good at something that you were afraid to do. Like you were saying, graphic design was something that's like, oh, I'll just leave it up to the, it's the same for, for Bridalware. Like I'd never designed Bridalware, but actually the last collection we did Maverick, you know, I mean, we got a lot of attention for, and you know, all these stylists and, you know, we were featured in Metro and Evening Standard and Forbes. And it's like, so actually, I wasn't so bad at designing yeah. bridal wear, you know? So yeah, it's um, it's an interesting road for sure. Yeah, I, I, th I think it's amazing uh, though, and I'm really excited for 
what's next. And um, I hope if there's one thing that people take away from our conversation today, that it is that there, because fear has come up a few times, and I think that organically comes up in a lot of the conversations I have, right? There's a lot of things as an entrepreneur that um, you don't have the stability of that job. You don't have the structure of working with that built-in team. Mm. Um, you're required to wear many hats. And um, some of that and all of that can be very scary. Yeah. And even with, for me, you know, when I think about the idea of eventually, you know, what would happen if I, I decided I didn't want to do this anymore, right? Mm -hmm. And that, that is a fear. And um, the thing that, again, I hope people will, sorry, kind of wrapping that up, take away from your story is that there's always this new beginning. Yes. And you're always taking, you've learned, you've, you've had this opportunity to push yourself out there, to try new things, to get over those fears, and to have all of that experience to apply to where you're going next. Yeah, you can always pivot. I mean, you're, right. not, you're, not, you're, just, you're not stuck. You just, yeah, you just have to take that first step forward yeah. and it's not always easy but you can do it yeah you're, yeah you're not stuck <laughs> I love that that's how we're gonna end today you're not stuck you can do it move keep going yeah. forward pivot I love it yeah yeah well thank you oh. for chatting <laughs>